0: Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about sore throat. Because I remember on my med school emergency medicine rotation, there were lots of these cases in the department, obviously. They always had strep or man flu or something, but every single time, my attendings would give me the same pimp question when I had a patient with sore throat. And they would go, give me four life-threatening, worst-case scenario causes for sore throat. And so we're going to go through those today. But before we discuss those four causes, though, real quick, let's go through an approach, as always. Step one, apply the Centaur criteria. What are the Centaur criteria? It's a list of four things that determine your risk for having group A strep. The classic strep throat. These four things are fever, no cough, enlarged lymph nodes, and exudate on the tonsils. Fever, no cough, enlarged nodes, tonsillar exudates. If the patient has all four of these, then you can give them antibiotics or strep. That way they don't get rheumatic fever. If they only have a couple of these, you only treat their strep if their strep swabs are positive. And if they don't have any of these or just like maybe one of them, you don't give them antibiotics. You don't test them. Those four center criteria are fever, no cough, enlarged nodes, and exudate on the tonsils. Center criteria, they're called. Step two, antibiotics. Let's say they do meet all the center criteria or they had a positive throat swab. Which antibiotic do you use? Classically, you use either penicillin or amoxicillin, something cillin. Some people have allergies to this and there are other options that you can look up, but some of the sillins usually work best, penicillin or amoxicillin. Step three is pain control. Besides the obvious stuff, Offer to give the patients steroids. Steroids. I had never learned about this when I was a med student. But what works even better than antibiotics in treating pain is steroids. All of that red inflammation in their throat. All of that pain, turn it off with steroids. It works really, really well. Step four. It's not all about group A strep. You also want to consider Epstein-Barr virus, mono. The kissing disease, as Urban Dictionary calls it, the STD for people who only got to first base, there aren't a lot of great treatments for mono. It looks just like strep, what you need to know for the test is splenomegaly. Splenomegaly. No sports. Patients with mono get splenomegaly, and they get tackled in football or something, and then their spleen explodes, which is bad. How do we know if it's mono in real life? It's typically like a bad pharyngitis, strep-looking throat that's not getting better. You always got to consider Epstein-Barr virus and check the spleen. On the test, no sports. That's the question. Now that we've covered that basic approach for your normal sore throat, let's talk about the four life-threatening causes of sore throat that your attendings will ask you about, I promise you. Those four causes are Ludwig's angina, peritonsillar abscess, retropharyngeal abscess, and epiglottitis. Ludwig's angina, peritonsillar abscess, retropharyngeal abscess, and epiglottitis. You got to know these four. First, Ludwig's this is an infection under the tongue. This is an airway disaster. You intubate these patients before their mouth runs out of space, which it does. You put these patients in the ICU, you give them IV antibiotics while the swelling goes down over a week or so, but you gotta watch the airway. It's called Ludwig's angina. Feel under the jaw and the tongue and make sure that it's soft and not all swollen up and infected. Peritonsillar abscess. Certainly, this can cause airway issues as well. They get something called trismus, which is when they can't get their mouth open all the way. You actually drain these abscesses at bedside. It's really crazy. I've done this. The abscess is right next to the carotid artery, though, so it's kind of intense. These people can go home, typically, after you drain it, as long as you start them on antibiotics. It's peritonsillar abscess. Next is retropharyngeal abscess. For me, this one is the scariest. The abscess isn't next to the tonsil or under the tongue where you can see it and feel it. It's way in the back of the throat, inside the neck. It'll suffocate the patient from the inside out. It will extend down into the patient's mediastinum. These are really bad. The test will show you, this is always what the question is, the test will show you a lateral neck x-ray And then you'll see the swollen-up tissue between the spine and the airway where that abscess is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You can look up pictures of this. It's very, very bad. You need to establish airway, give them antibiotics. It's called a retropharyngeal abscess. And then last is epiglottitis, another really bad one. It used to be only in kids, actually, but now we kind of vaccinated epiglottitis to death in kids. So now adults get it. But there's this triad your attendings want you to know. The epiglottitis triad is drooling, dysphagia, and respiratory distress. In this test, again, it's going to show you a lateral neck x-ray for this one too. But instead of swelling behind the airway, between the spine and the airway, you're going to see something called a thumbprint sign up on the top of the airway. That thumbprint is a fat, swollen epiglottitis about to kill the patient. It's called epiglottitis. Very bad. Those are the four life-threatening causes of sore throat. Ludwig's, peritonsillar abscess, retropharyngeal abscess, and epiglottitis. Don't forget to use those center criteria. Give the patient some penicillin or amoxicillin, some steroids, and don't forget about mono because they can't play sports. Real quick before we're done. We're trying something a little bit different today. We're going to be doing it over the next couple weeks. I don't want you to just do well clinically, but I also want you to do well on your test, your shelf, Step 2, really both of them. And so I reached out to the author of my favorite Step 2 review book, USMLE Step 2 Secrets. His name is Theodore O'Connell, and he has agreed to donate us some questions from his book to use after episodes to help us prepare for these tests. So we'll be putting them at the end of the shows as a little bit of extra review. This week's question is, What are the sequelae of streptococcal infection? Why specifically is strep bad? Take a moment, answer the question. This will be on your test. The big answer here is rheumatic fever. This is the one that causes bad valves and rheumatic heart disease. This is the big reason why we give antibiotics to pharyngitis at all. Another one is scarlet fever. That's the one with the sandpaper rash all over their body. And then the third one is post-streptococcal glomerulonephritis. Hematuria, dark urine, maybe some puffy skin. Only rheumatic fever and scarlet fever are prevented by antibiotics. The post-strep kidney stuff just kind of happens regardless. So I hope you found that helpful. Again, we'll be doing this over the next couple of weeks. Special thanks to Dr. O'Connell from Kaiser Permanente, Napala Solano for providing us these questions from his review book, USMLE Step 2 Secrets. This is the book I used to prepare for Step 2 myself. I got a 252, so thank you, Dr. O'Connell, and I'll see you here for allowing us to use these questions. Check out their Facebook page, give them a like, tell them thank you. We'll be doing these questions over the next several weeks. You can always send me an email as well, and we'll forward it along, and until next time, Keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.